0: Hey everybody, Mike June here with Game Changers for Government Contractors. I've got Shannon here with me today. We're going to be talking about a very fun topic. It's actually, Shannon, you don't even know this. This is on like one of my big goals for the year, I call it like the year defining goal is to have a great trip to Hawaii. And you're helping with that by have, inviting me to this conference. So we're going to talk about the conference here in a little bit and the, the NHO, kind of what it does, that sort of stuff. But before we do that, why don't you take a minute here and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for having me, Michael. My name is Shannon Eady and I'm the executive director for the Native Hawaiian Organizations Association. And our association focuses on advocacy for the NHO 8A program, which is part of what's called the entity owned program.
0: How long have you been with the organization?
1: I have been with NHOA since 2019. So coming up on almost five years.
0: What drew you to the organization? I mean, it being part of a nonprofit and advocacy for things like that. I mean, it takes a special passion to do that.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I started my career in government contracting as general counsel for one of the Native Hawaiian organizations or NHOs. I, I came to realize that there is this need in our community for bringing the NHOs together. We are stronger when we're together. Through my work with that NHO, you know, I worked closely with NHOA and in 2014, I started my own company, maintained a close relationship with NHOA. And in or around 2019, an opportunity arose for an executive director. I applied and was selected for that position. And to answer your question even further, it's something that I'm very passionate about. I am Native Hawaiian and this program is very near and dear to my heart. I am very interested in bringing the NHL community together, as well as doing whatever we can to protect the program for future generations.
0: I think a lot of people, when they hear just the word Hawaii, they think sunshine and paradise and everything is perfect and what more could you want? They don't necessarily think about some of the challenges that exist in every culture everywhere around the world, You know, whether it is the Native American community or even just the WSB community, right? There's so many different groups of people that run businesses that don't necessarily stick together and work together that should be, they kind of treat it all as we're all enemies or competitors or those types of things. And so I think there's a real need for people like yourself to not only run organizations like this, but to be passionate about bringing those groups together. So I think it's great being a native Hawaiian in charge of the organization. So like you understand firsthand as a business owner, what some of the challenges are are that people go through. And while this podcast wasn't necessarily about that, could you expand a little bit on what some of those challenges are?
1: Sure. I think you hit it right on the head, Michael, in that oftentimes, even within Native communities, not everyone is on the same page. And that is true with the Native Hawaiian community. This organization was formed at the suggestion of Hawaii's late Senator Inouye, who really was a visionary and saw that in order to protect this program and maintain it over the long term, the NHOs would need to stick together. I think there is or has been in the past this tendency to view each other as competitors. But I will say that as a result of, you know, in part NHOA bringing everyone together, there has been a lot more collaboration amongst the NHOs working together, really understanding that there is this need for everyone to stay together, share information as much as possible in order to truly ensure that this program continues to exist.
0: If you're struggling with your government contracting business, I want to encourage you today to go sign up for a free coaching session with me. You can go in the description of this podcast. There's a link to my calendar and you can go pick a time where we can sit down for 30 minutes talk about what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you should change. And then if coaching makes sense for you, I'll actually go over the options on how you can get started with coaching so we can take your business to the next level. Now, let's get back into this episode. I think it's interesting when you get people together who have a natural tendency to not want to get along, not like each other, however you want to define it. You get them in a room and they realize how we all are very, very similar and they're not like that. They actually start to like the other people and they want to work together. It's just a matter of getting them in a room and you start talking and next thing you know, those relationships are formed and they bring those walls down and, and we just work better together, which kind of leads me to the conference. You have this great conference coming up that I didn't know about until I think it was last year, a year before where I'm going to pick on him specifically because I can here. where my friend Matthew Schoonover had invited me. He's like, Hey, why don't we go speak at the Alaska conference? And I was getting ready to go to the Alaska conference and yours had just ended. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why are there photos of you in Hawaii? Why didn't you tell me about that one? Right. And that's where it put it on my radar. And so I was like, well, that's a a really interesting conference. I'd have to imagine that that is part of the focus of that conference is bringing those communities together. So how long has the conference been going on? Kind of give me the overview of it a little bit.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for for segueing into the conference. We are right in the middle of planning for it. So it is top of mind. We are approaching like our 10th year of having this event, which is a big deal. Now, yeah. this conference was initially started as a way to do exactly what we're talking about, which is bring the NHOs together. However, I think our leadership really after the first year saw that there was this need, this greater need in our Federal contracting community. Even though defense is our second largest industry, there are not a lot of resources, nor are there a lot of events that take place locally, specifically for government contractors. And so our leadership really saw this conference as a way for our organization to provide a resource to our entire government contracting community, whether you are 8A, whether you're native, whether you're a WASB, SDVOSB, hub zone, cetera that was kind of like the genesis for the conference. And we are so grateful that it has grown over the years. There were two years during COVID where we went virtual. So 2022 was the first year that we went back in person. And 2023, we saw our largest attendance ever, which, you know, we are incredibly grateful and thrilled by.
0: That's awesome. I think you're gonna have a big conference this year again. Do you see most of the attendees obviously from Hawaii? And then is there a portion that come from other states? What does the mix of like attendees look like? And who do you feel like are the best people to attend? Is it a, a mix of everybody? What are you looking for? Or what attendees do you look for in this?
1: Our attendee base is incredibly diverse. Many of the NHOs actually have offices spread throughout the continental United States. They often bring in a lot of their staff from their mainland offices to attend. Several of them use this conference as a way to bring everyone together to do strategic planning before or after mm. the conference. And then we definitely get a lot of native owned companies. So ANC owned companies, tribally owned companies, as well as the other socioeconomic categories. In 2023, we had a lot of attendees come from the continental United States. A lot of people do come from Alaska because it's just a quick five-hour flight. And there are actually a number of people that do travel from Guam to attend our conference. So it's an incredibly diverse attendee base, not only from geographic location, but also in terms of experience level with respect to government contracting. In terms of like who should come to our conference, certainly... If you are engaged in federal contracting here locally in Hawaii, if you are interested in doing so, I strongly encourage everyone to attend. And then any other businesses that are looking for resources in this industry, looking to make connections in this industry, teaming partners and the like. There are a lot of different purposes that our conference fulfills, networking, education, connecting with government, and then social
0: I'm looking forward to the conference for a lot of reasons. Again, it's been almost 20 years since I've been to Hawaii. So it's been a really long time. And uh, I think I I told you before we started recording, I'd made this promise to my family that, hey, we're going to do some things. And after these things are done in the business, we're going to take a trip to Hawaii as a family. And that's what we're doing this year. So it's kind of like one of our year defining things for us to do to come out there. It's a great place. And if you're planning on attending this, I think one of the questions that may pop up in your head is, man, I bet it's expensive to go there. and. And it may be a little bit more than some, but it's not crazy expensive. I travel all over. And when I booked the plane ticket for this, I was like, this isn't that much more than a lot of the other plane tickets. When I looked at the hotels and stuff, it's actually very much in line. When you look at the rate for the hotel. Now, again, I've been to Hawaii and I know like food's expensive and other things like that. But I mean, just to give people an idea, my rental car is like 56 bucks a day. It's not crazy. I think that may be prohibiting some people from thinking about registering. And I just want to say it, it's not that much. I think total in a uh, hotel, rental car, everything. I think when we looked at the cost was about 2300 bucks. I spent way more than that going to Alaska for that conference. The Alaska conference man, those hotel rooms filled up really fast the year I did it and then you were on to the standard room weight, which is like 700 bucks for one of those rooms and I think it's 200 bucks a night or whatever it is for for your hotel. So, very very cost efficient for what I think some people may think, "Hey, this is out of my budget because it's Hawaii." And it doesn't necessarily have to be out of your budget. And then you can actually let the company pay for all of that, right? Especially for small us uh, so I've been bringing one of the The kids always does my photography and stuff. So the company's paying for that. So there's ways around making this really work to your benefit to get out there. But more importantly, it's not hard to just meet a couple of teaming partners that make the whole conference worth it. And that's what I think people miss. You know, looking at everything that's going on in Maui, do you see a lot of people that are in Honolulu who are doing work over in Maui? Because I know a lot of people are going to be right from those areas.
1: So that's a really great question. First of all, our community has been devastated by what has happened on Maui. But I think that as with any natural disaster or tragedy, it has a tendency to bring community together. And that is exactly what we saw in this case. There have been several phases, which are obviously ongoing as part of the cleanup and rebuilding of Maui. Two NHOs, the more established NHOs, actually were awarded contracts to perform that work. And it kind of goes back to something that we talked about initially, which is bringing the NHOs together and working together. The NHO that received the contract to do the first phase of the cleanup was Dawson. Their parent is Hawaiian Native Corporation, and they initiated something that had never been done before, which is they formed a coalition of Native Hawaiian organizations. Organizations and mm. asked people to participate in this cleanup effort, their prime contract. And so mm. there were four or five that came together and worked on this contract together. And that is something that has never been done, certainly not in that fashion. Kind of going back to my point is that we've been seeing NHOs work together and collaborate in a manner that historically had not previously been done before. And so that's great. Within those NHOs, they did their best to hire locally from Maui as much as possible and try to keep those folks employed and invested in the, the cleanup and rebuilding of their own community.
0: That's awesome. I mean, there's years of work that's going to be done for all of that. And then I've got to believe that coming out of that hopefully those relationships stay together and they do other things because there's a lot of work in that region to be done. And as you said, the NHOs are often based in Hawaii, but all over the globe, really. They're all over the place. That's why one of the reasons I wanted to just encourage people to look at this as an opportunity that may have been off their radar. There's a good chance to work with great organizations that are out there that you may have never considered before. And even as you were talking, I was like, I never really thought about the fact that there there's not a lot of government conference stuff going on, training, education, and I'm like maybe, and this is part of the the selfish side, right? Maybe we should be more involved in doing things out in Hawaii because hey, there's a need, and we love Hawaii. You know, my wife's been to Maui several times, I've been to Honolulu several times there, and that's primarily the place I've been. But it's just a great place and great people, so I, I look forward to being at the conference and speaking. So thank you for inviting me out to speak and, and do everything. For those that are listening, maybe on the fence or have some questions, what what are maybe some final thoughts that you have for people that are thinking about the conference and maybe there's something you can say that'll pull the trigger to get them to, to go sign up?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say that I have been a huge fan of yours um, and followed you on social media for a long time. So I am incredibly excited that you accepted our invitation to speak at our conference. We're also going to have some of your books available for people to sign. I think a lot of the things we've already talked about, it's just a great opportunity to network with and potentially meet teaming partners. I always tell people that you never know. It's it's like planting seeds, right? Mm. You know, you can't really expect, a return immediately tomorrow or the next day but someone you meet at our conference like a year from now maybe even 3 years from now might call you up because they have this opportunity and they remembered meeting you at our conference i think there's a huge value in that in meeting people who you might not normally meet mm-hmm. because this is you know a conference in in hawaii so there's that We are smaller in terms of our conference size. So I'm expecting that we will be at around 300 to 350, which is on the smaller side. But for us, it's big because that's the largest attendance we've had. But it still allows for a lot of great one-on-one time with government officials. And we will be having many government agencies in attendance this year. And more are calling me every day to see if they're able to participate. So we're, we're extremely excited about that. And then obviously just a chance to be here in right. hopefully what will be sunshine.
0: <laughs> yeah, Even when it does rain, it's not that big a deal. Well, the few times I've been there. So I don't think we expect any snow, at least. That's a good thing. No. That'll be awesome. Is there one particular thing about the conference, like an event that you have, something where you're like, man, I'm really looking forward to this thing that we have planned?
1: I mean, I'm a little bit biased, right? So I just, I think the whole conference is great you know i'm an attorney i'm a govcon nerd so i really love the sessions that we have both the general sessions the keynote speakers and the breakout sessions you know we try to provide something for everyone even knowing that our attendance base is so diverse, but we do try to provide something for everyone. And so I think our breakout sessions are really great. But for me personally, as well as some of the feedback we received last year is that we do hold a pre-conference reception. This past year, we held it in a location on the water. The weather Mm. was beautiful. It was amazing we're doing it the day before the conference starts, the official conference starts. Everyone's relaxed Yeah. and it's in an informal setting and it was just really beautiful. And so I think that would be my favorite part.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to kick it off. I don't know if you want to cover this one real quick here, but we still have a little bit of time. If you're a first time visitor to Hawaii, is there one or two things that you would recommend? Like you, you have to do this while you're here.
1: I do get asked that question a lot. And if you have never been here before, I would certainly try to visit the Arizona Memorial. Mm -hmm. It will change your life.
0: Yeah, I've I've done that one. That was interesting. It's something where you you just can't grasp everything until you get there because you see pictures or whatever Mm -hmm. video on TV and you just don't grasp it the same way as, as when you're physically there.
1: The second thing I would also suggest, and this is coming from the native Hawaiian perspective, is Iolani Palace. Mm. Uh, That is also very moving. And so I would certainly recommend that anyone coming here for the first time who may not know as much about our history to visit Iolani Palace.
0: I don't think I've ever heard of that one. That's interesting. What is the 32nd gist of that one?
1: So our last reigning monarchs, King David Kalakawa and Queen Lili'uokalani. David Kalakawa built the palace. It's just an amazing place. And then our queen, his sister, Lili'uokalani, who was overthrown by the U.S. government and imprisoned. Like I said, it's very moving. It's something that is so important to our culture. It is very symbolic and actually, a lot of oh. the furnishings and things had actually been lost over the years and have gone out to try to find them, locate them, and bring them back home. There's a lot of that information on the tour. It's a very interesting place. Um, it's right in the middle of downtown or slightly outside of downtown. Okay. Very easily accessible.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that one, because like I said, I, I've been there a couple of times and that one hasn't popped up. Maybe I just browsed over it in, in all the materials that they have, because everywhere that's touristy, you have all the little sightseeing things to go to, and somehow I've missed that. one. So I've done a sub tour and I don't know that I'd do that again. It's kind of frightening when you're out in the water, like I don't swim. So I was out in the water and they're like, yeah, get off this boat onto that thing. And you're like, ah, it's kind of, ner- <laughs> <kind> of nerve wracking. <laughs> but I will say, I don't know if you've done, have you done any of the sub tours? I did Uh
1: once when I was in elementary school, but I swim. I'm a good swimmer, but I actually don't like being in the ocean. I'm scared of
0: sharks. (laughs) Yeah, my kids are like, I'm not getting in the ocean. But the thing that blew me away, so if anybody is thinking about doing a sub tour, the thing that blew me away was I thought you would feel everything and you don't. Like when you get on it and when you're in it, it has enough of these little jets and things on it. Like even when it's going down and coming up, you don't feel that. I would think like you would feel like it's rising up or down or whatever and you'd feel like seasick or whatever. It's the smoothest ride ever. So just for those people that are thinking about that. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Thank you again for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I hope we get to keep coming back and doing other things. On a serious note, I had no idea of the lack of availability of like training and resources and things like that, or maybe even the desire for it out there. So maybe we will work some of that in as part of our, we're relaunching the federal access platform over the next few months. And as we do that, we're going to be working in in-person events for our members and stuff like that and doing them in really cool places. So maybe one of those every year will have to be in Hawaii. I would love Love it. I would love it too. Thank you again. If anybody needs the website to register, what would that website be? Because I know not everybody's going to go on the link, but just so they have it here in the podcast, where should they go to register?
1: Information about the conference can always be found on NHOA's website, which is nhoassociation.org.
0: I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.